Hey, Adam Smolcom here, lead pastor of Vive Church. Welcome to our podcast. I pray that God will speak to you through the message today and that a greater level of faith would be unlocked in your life. God bless. Why don't you grab your Bibles? If you've got an electronic version of the Bible, that works too. It's still the Word of God. And um, I've, got to, I've got to tell you, if you missed the hosting that we had earlier, um, my husband is not here today. He is in Austin, Texas with our Vive Church there having a fantastic time. But he's left me to continue in our temple series today. And so if you're wondering, what is this temple series? Maybe you're just hopping in. This is week three of the series, but we've had another two weeks that have preceded this. And my husband, he opened up the series. This is our pneumatology series. This is our series on the person of the Holy Spirit. If you don't know who the person of the Holy Spirit is, He is the third part of the Trinity Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and we have the Holy Spirit, God on earth with us, the person of the Holy Spirit. I can tell you, I've been walking with the Holy Spirit for 25 years now. And let me tell you, He's pretty robust. He's pretty awesome. He's not fragile, you know, He can deal with your sin and He can still hang around, you know, like a good parent. You know, like we're not freaked out by the sin of our children. We're just still there. We're gonna love you through it. Well, the Holy Spirit is like that. And so my husband set up the series and he talked about how we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You know, God dwells within us. And I think that's so beautiful and so powerful. And then the second week, last week, he talked about tongue tied and what it is to just unlock the gift of tongues and, and what that does for us as believers and what that unlocks for us to edify ourselves, but also move in the Spirit. And today I am gonna bring a message to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So why don't you open your Bibles there? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse one. And uh, we're gonna take a look at some of these gifts of the Spirit, okay? And it says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us. Now, this is Paul writing to the Corinthian church and he's like, they had all these questions about the special abilities of the Holy Spirit. I know you've got questions too, right? I'm not speaking to an empty church here today. You, you got questions too, okay. And he says, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, that's another word for sinners, and we all know we've all been that, you were led astray and swept along in worshipping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And so there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. Verse seven, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. Nudge a person next to you say, I got a spiritual gift so I can help y'all. Okay. He says, and you are so obedient, good job. To, to one person, the Spirit gives the ability to, though, to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. 
You know, the same Spirit gives great faith to another and to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern. Someone say discern. Discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages as we learned last week. And while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said, it is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. We're gonna unpack this today. Because you know the thing that I love about these gifts of the Spirit? They are for practical use. You know, sometimes we get so spiritual about the spiritual gifts that we don't use the spiritual gifts. But I'm gonna help you today to get real practical about the spiritual gifts because they have been given so that we can heal one another so that we can pray for one another, so that we can give some wise advice to one another, so that we can understand one another, so that we can interpret one another. These gifts are given so that we can build each other as the body of Christ, amen? Awesome, well, why don't you take your seat today? Because I really wanna come around one of these gifts. And the one gift that I wanna unpack today is the gift of discernment. Okay, the gift of discernment. Do you know what discernment is? Discernment is the ability to decipher between what is right and what is wrong. Sounds so simple, doesn't it? But actually, sometimes it can be so hard. You know, because we live in a world that's mixed up all the labels. We call things that are good bad, and we call bad things good, and we've gotten a little bit confused. We live in a world of fake facts and alternative, you know, statistics and alternative things, and um, we've gotten a little bit confused. And you see, I think that there's the gift of discernment that God wants to pour out on the church today, the ability to discern between what is right and what is wrong because we live in a world of competing realities. You know, your truth isn't the same as my truth and whatever truth I believe in becomes the truth that I live under. And, you know, we have a, a misunderstanding now between what is right and what is wrong and what is God and what is not God, what is the devil. You see, the lines have been blurred and, you know, you can't just navigate this world with human reasoning and get through. You can't navigate it with, with your feelings and with your emotions and find your way through. If you're doing it like that, you're gonna find that you're gonna get really, really confused and probably really, really deceived. But that is why God has given us the gift of discernment. See, because our God is not the author of confusion. He is the author of truth. He is wisdom itself. And so He is not confused. And that is why He has given us the gift of discernment so that we would know as the body of believers the difference between what is right and what is wrong. And so I wanna ask you a question today, Vive Church. I wanna ask you are, you, are you discerning what's concerning? Or are you still taking everything at face value? Because once upon a time, I was so naive in my youthful years. You could tell me anything, I would believe you. That's pretty much how my husband got me, you know. <laughs> he, um, 
he would make me laugh and he would tell me beautiful things and you know he's amazing but then you know then you 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 start out like this you know you think oh I'm just gonna believe what people tell me and that's a beautiful approach but the enemy loves to pervert the purity of our hearts especially Christians when we want to believe the best in everybody but I learned when I became a Christian, that you can't take everything at face value. Sometimes you've got to look a little bit deeper and you've got to have a level of discernment about you, especially in the world that we are navigating today. And so I thought the best way to unpack this spirit of discernment that I feel like God is wanting to gift the church with today, that we can all ask for this gift of discernment, I thought we could unpack it by going through, um, look, taking a look at the King. I think the king of discernment, which was Solomon. Yeah. Well, you know, the Bible records him as like one of the wisest men that ever lived and in all of these things. So why don't you open your Bibles with me to 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5. And we're going to pick up in the story of Solomon. And you see Solomon is about to become king. And I don't know if you know this, but King David, the greatest king that ever lived, is his father. And so in verse 5, it says, At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream at night, and God said, Ask, what should I give you? I don't know about you, but if God turned up and asked you in the middle of the night, while you were dreaming last night, what, what would you want? And he would give it to you. What would you say? And so he says this, he says, And Solomon replied, You have shown great and faithful love to your servant, my father David, because he walked before you in faithfulness, righteousness, and integrity. You have continued this great and faithful love for him by giving him a son to sit on his throne as it is today. He's talking about himself. Now he says, Lord my God, you have now made your servant king in my father David's place. Yet I am just a youth with no experience in leadership. And your servant is among your people. You have chosen a people too many to be numbered or counted. So give your servant a receptive heart to judge your people and to discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge uh, this great people of yours? I like this because, you know, when it comes to desiring gifts, when it comes to dreaming about the gifts that the Holy Spirit would give you, I think that intention matters. And you see the intent of Solomon's heart, his desire for asking for this gift was because he understood that he had a calling on his life. And I wanna ask you today, are you desiring, you know, certain gifts from the Holy Spirit because you're devoted to God? Or are you desiring certain gifts because you want people to be devoted to you? The intention matters. Because we are so good at getting sidetracked at each other's giftings. Look, everybody wants the worship leader's gifting. Because then maybe if I have the worship leader's gifting, everyone will notice me. And so I want to ask you today, what is the intent of you asking? Are you asking because you know that you have the call of God on your life? Are you asking because you know that you need God's special ability to fulfill that calling on your life? That's why you're asking, you see, because Solomon, he's standing in, in what is the beginning of his kingship. Now, when you, are, when you have a big job to do, 
It's easy to get sidetracked by looking at all the other people who've gone before you and done great things before you, right? And so we look at them and we want their gifting, we want their anointing, we want their talent, but these were two very different men. You see, you had King David, who was the greatest king that Israel had ever known. He's recorded in the you know, accolades of faith in Hebrews 11 as one of the greats of faith. And Solomon, his son, is about 20 years old and he's like, these are some really big shoes to fill. And you know, you can sometimes have that internal dialogue, but he also had the expectation of people around him. Like the whole of Israel were looking at him and it didn't take him too long to realise that this guy is not another David. He is different from David. I mean, Solomon, Solomon, he, he was like a scholar, okay? He was smart. He liked to study the books. David, David was a soldier. You know, well, Solomon, he used to, he loved architecture and he liked to build buildings. David, you could find him on the battlefield. You know, you had like, uh, Solomon was a man of luxury. He liked to recline in his bougie house with all his accessories. Yet David was out in the field, he liked the shepherd's life. It was a little more simple. You know, you had King David who was, uh, he, he would sing songs and he was a psalmist and we get many of our psalms from him. But then you had Solomon who just wrote wise sayings. Leadership for him was what, what he loved to pen. And you see, these two men are different because these two men have very different mantles. But the thing that these two men have in common is that they are both devoted to God. And you see, I, I like this because instead of trying to reason away Solomon's reality, because some of us try to pretend like we don't have the task in front of us or we don't have the gifting that we need. And so we, we like to tell ourselves that we need that person's gifting. And so we don't deal in the realm of reality. You know, like, so he's facing off with some of the things that he needs to face off with that the fact that he's different from his father. And he's like, you know what, I'm different from him. And he has a conversation with God that is an honest conversation with God. I wonder if you can be honest with God today. I wonder if you can have a conversation with God and not pretend like you have it all together because Solomon didn't pretend with God like he had it all together. He was like, God, you know what, I feel really young. I'm only 20, I don't have all the experience that I need, I need your help. And so he deals in the realm of reality. And I like this because Solomon embraced what was true of himself and he committed himself to the one he knew to be timeless, eternal truth itself. There's a difference. And I wanna unpack it for you because to Solomon, truth wasn't just a thing. Truth wasn't a what, truth was a who. He had a revelation that truth was God, that He was the constant, that He was the absolute. You see, because I gotta tell you that true is different. When, when something is true, true can change. Okay, what's true of me right now today is that I am 40 years old. I know, I don't look a day over 30, I know. And so I am 40 years old, but in a year's time, to today, if we were to fast forward a year to today, I will be 41, I will no longer be 40, that true will change. There's some things that are true about you today that will change. 
But there is a truth that is constant that will never change. And that is God. The God who was, who is and is to come. He is the constant. He is not gonna change. And He's like, you know what? Even in my youthfulness, I'm recognising that I have a God who is constant. You are the truth. You're gonna be able to lead me through. If I have any ability to be able to do what it is that you've asked me to do, then I need to recognise that I need truth. And so instead, he decides that he is going to be intimate with truth. He, you know where he learnt this from? He learnt this from his father. You know, his father, he, he's talked about in the Bible as, as David, as the one who had a heart after God. He understood what it is to be intimate with the person of truth. And if you continue reading on in actually in verse 10, uh, he says this. He says, now it pleased the Lord that Solomon had requested this. So God said to him, because you have requested this and did not ask for long life or riches for yourself or the death of your enemies, but you asked discernment for yourself to administer justice, I will therefore do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and understanding heart so that there has, uh, so that there has never been anyone like you before and never will be again. In addition, I will give you what you did not ask for, both riches and honour, so that no king will be your equal during your entire life. If you walk in my ways and keep my statutes and commandments, just as your father David did, I will give you a long life. So then Solomon woke up and realised that it had all been a dream. You see... The second thing that that discernment is given for is given to the devoted, those of us who are devoted to God. It's it's also given to those of us who um, know that we have a duty to do. Okay, it's given for duty. It's given for service. And you see, I think this is incredibly powerful that God engages with the nature of Solomon's ask. You see, you know, I'm going to say it again. I said it before, but I'm going to say it again and emphasize it again. These gifts are for practical use. Solomon wasn't trying to be super spiritual about this. He was looking for something that was going to tangibly be able to help him. And, you know, I like this because he did not ask God to do the job for him. You know, sometimes we have an encounter with God and we sit with God and we're like, God's going to do it for us. He's almost going to override things and just make it happen for us. But actually, that's not the way God works. Because when He has a job for us to do, He wants to use us. And so I'm here to remind you today, Vive Church, that, you know, some of you are spending so much time asking God to do for you what God wants to do through you by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And you're complaining about the gifting that you don't have or the inability to do what it is that God has asked you to do. And all He's saying is, I want you to ask of me. Ask my discernment. Ask for my wisdom. Ask for my anointing. If I have asked you to do something in the earth today, I am going to equip you with the power and the anointing to do it. I'm not gonna bypass you and go around you. I wanna work through you. And so God gives us an assignment and He wants to work through us. This is why He gives us the gift of healing because there's people in our community that need healing. This is why He gives to some of you the gift of faith because there's some people who need their faith to be increased. 
There's some of you that will have the gifting of wisdom because God knows our, our generation needs some wisdom. Okay? And so He wants to do that through you. How do you reckon that revival starts? When you get activated. When you start practically using your gifts, it doesn't just happen in a church service. Like we're sitting in, like you think revival is just going to pour and people are just going to magically walk to the house of God. No, revival starts when you get out of your seat and you go out into the world and you use your healing gift, when you use your prophetic gift, when you use your anointing to discern between what is right and what is wrong. And so I like this because Solomon is, you know, right before he has this moment with God, this dream with God, he had been worshipping in Gibeon and in Jerusalem. And it says that he sacrificed a thousand burnt offerings on the altar. You see, Solomon had had a moment with God and he was hearing from God, but he would have to return to his duties, the duties of the throne, you know, because he had a job to do. And you and I are sitting here today and we're sitting here in this service and we're experiencing God. And some of you are hearing Him for the first time. And some of you are feeling Him for the first time. And you're having a moment where God, it feels like an open heaven and He is speaking to you. But in about an hour, you're going to leave this place because you have a job to do. Because you have been assigned. The Holy Spirit wants to fill you so that He, the, he can infill you so that there can be an outpouring of Him in the world. And so there's this duty, there's this duty attached to the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Discernment is for your daily duties because you've got a job to do. You see, I think it's interesting because we have, um, we like to separate the spiritual from the practical. Like we, we like to keep them like they're opposites. We pit them against each other. There's the spiritual and we need to be more spiritual. And then there's the practical and we need to be more practical. But actually we need a marrying of the two. And you see, you know, in our world, when I talk about, you know, the spiritual and the practical, I can't ignore Ephesians chapter 6, where, where Paul talks about in verse 12, he says, we struggle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in this dark world. There is the spiritual and there is the practical. There is the physical, there is the tangible. And you see the struggle that we live in, in our physical world is not primarily a practical struggle, but a spiritual struggle, which has practical manifestations. And you see, when we face our everyday situations and problems of life, you see, our resolve isn't as Christians to just take a practical approach or to just find a practical solution. No, our job is to take, is it, what we should do is we should practice our spirituality in every situation and in every circumstance. So this is incredibly spiritual, but it is incredibly practical. And so I just want to empower you as the church to be able to bring heaven to earth in our day. This is how it's going to be done. And so in, um, as we see Solomon do this, I, this is why I like him because he's a beautiful example of discernment in action. And so in verse 16, if we read on his story, we find that, you know, he's doing this, he's using this gift of discernment in his daily duties. He's setting uh, the affairs of the people in order. Now, every single one of us are going to in interact with people and their affairs need to be set in order. 
Like our world is a hot mess. Some of our worlds are a hot mess. But it can be solved a lot by the word of God. And so, so in verse 16, it says, Then two women who were prostitutes came to the king and stood before him. It says that one woman said, Please, my Lord, this woman and I live in the same house, and I had a baby while she was in the house. On the third day after I gave birth, she also had a baby, and we were alone. No one else was with us in the house, just the two of us were there. During the night, this woman's son died because she lay on him. She got up in the middle of the night and took my son from my side while your servant was asleep. She laid him in her arms and she put her dead son in my arms. Then I got up in the morning to nurse my son. I discovered he was dead. That morning when I looked closely at him, I realized that he was not the son I gave birth to. No, the other woman said, my son is the living one. Your son is the dead one. The first woman said, no, your son is the dead one. My son is the living one. So they argued before the king. You see, here he is and he's, you know, this, this whole predicament, this whole situation, you can tell someone is lying and someone's telling the truth. But sometimes truth isn't all that easy to identify. But which one is telling the truth? Every parent can relate to this, right? When your children come in and they're like, she hit me, she kicked me. No, she hit me, she kicked me. And in the back of the car and you know, all the dramas. Every CEO can relate to this. When you've got colleagues who are arguing with each other, every teacher can relate to this. We've all had to, at some point, if you're a leader or a manager and all my pastors are like, yes and amen. You know, we've all been here before where you've had to play judge and jury and execute justice in a situation. And you've had the dilemma of trying to work out what is the truth and what is not the truth. Every time we scroll social media, every time we look at the news, what is the truth, what is not the truth? And we are so confused. And so here he is. And I think it's interesting because discernment needs to be distinguished from suspicion. Because if you do enough judging, you can start to get a little bit suspicious. And I wanna, I wanna unpack for you actually what the gift of discernment is and isn't in that zone. Because um, discerning people are not doomsday people. They're not the doom and gloom and the world is going to end and they don't make decisions from a mindset of fear. They don't make decisions to self-protect. Solomon wasn't trying to protect himself. He wasn't afraid in that situation. They don't just have eyes for what's wrong, like everybody who's different to me or things that are different to me are suddenly the enemy and they are demonic. And you know, there's this the air of suspicion. That is not the gift of discernment. No, discerning people are people of the Spirit. They know that God is good. They know that He created a good world. They know that He sent His Son, though sin is at play and sin is wreaking havoc in the earth today, that He still sent His Son to redeem it. That God is redeeming the earth and He is redeeming you and I and through Him, He is making the earth good again. And so they know the difference between the way things are and the way things should be. And sometimes the way the world works isn't the the way God designed the world to work. 
but they understand that there is a difference at play. And so they evaluate everything from the Word of God. You see, John 17, 17, Jesus says of Himself, sanctify them by the truth, by the Word is truth. He says also that they, they, they measure everything up against the person of Jesus. Do you know that John 1.14 says that the Word became flesh and He dwelt among us? Jesus even said of Himself in John 14.6, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. You see, these are the things that we test everything else up against to see what is God's standard of goodness. If you're confused today about what is good, if you're confused today about what truth is, you have to measure it up against the Word of God and then you're gonna be able to work out what actually is good and what actually is bad. It's gonna take an intimacy with the Word of God. And you know why the enemy doesn't want the people of God to have an intimacy with the Word of God? Because the Word of God disrupts the enemy's plans. You see, when you have a bit of discernment, you disrupt the enemy's plans. You unearth them, you expose them, you illuminate what that is. And so here he is, he's disrupting the enemy's plans. In verse 23, it says that the king replied, this woman um, uh, says, that this is my son who is alive and your son is dead. But that woman says, no, your son is dead and my son is alive. The king continued, bring me a sword. So they brought the sword to the king and the king said, cut the living boy in two and give half to one and half to the other. How shocking. The woman whose son was alive spoke to the king before she um, because she felt great compassion for her son. My Lord, give her the living baby, she said, but please don't have him killed. But the other one said, he will not be mine or yours. Cut him in two. The king responded, give the living baby to the first woman and don't kill him. She is his mother. All Israel heard about the judgment the king had given and they stood in awe of the king because they saw that God's wisdom was in him to carry out justice. Bring me a sword. How dramatic is that? Could you imagine if my kids come to me fighting over their clothes tomorrow? If I say, bring me a sword. I'm going to cut them in half. Actually, I've had a revelation. I won't do that to you girls. It's a little bit dramatic though, isn't it? That's, it's a dramatic delivery of discernment. It's one thing to know the difference between right and wrong. It's a whole other thing to be able to discern how to deliver the discernment. And we need to understand that there is a sword, there is the Word of God, and we need to wield it rightly. And you see that the application is just as key to learning what is truth and what is lying. There's an application of discernment. It's the delivery of the discernment. And discernment is layered. It's layered in an ask. It's layered in an attitude. It's layered in agreement. It's layered in the application. And so we have the Word of God and the Word of God is able to pierce between bone and marrow, soul and spirit. 
The, the Word of God is able to get inside the secret and reveal what's at the core of it. The Word of God is, is what God wants us to use today. He wants it to be on the lips of the saints. You can't just scroll and pick up any doctrine on Instagram that is passing your feed. You have to get in the Word of God. You're gonna have to discern what it is that the Lord is saying. Are you intimate with the Word? Do you know what God's voice sounds like? Do you know what He, he, he feels like? You see, because here is this beautiful classic case of the Holy Spirit disrupting the plans of the enemy with discernment. What I am prophesying for our church today is that you would pick up the gift of discernment and that you would be like smiling assassins in the world and that you would walk out of this place and that you would know the difference between right and wrong because you've read your Word and that you would deliver truth in such a way that it delivers people. You see, discernment delivered the boy. It delivered the individual. Discernment administered justice. Discernment was the Spirit of God, the Spirit of truth at work. And Jesus said of Himself in John 16, 13, you can stand to your feet as we're about to come to a close. He said that when the Spirit of truth comes, Jesus was prophesying that the Spirit of Truth was gonna come. And the Spirit of Truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own, but He will tell you what He has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever He receives from me, there's gonna be discernment in the, in the delivery. Some of you, as you close your eyes right now, God's gonna give you discernment in the delivery. Some of you have been dealing with each other in the church without discernment in the delivery. You've been acting under suspicion or you've been acting under some other guys, but God wants to give you the spirit of discernment. He wants to show you how to pray. When God shows you something, you don't always have to say. Sometimes you just have to pray. Sometimes you have to have a conversation with God and bind something that is spiritual so that it manifests differently in the practical. God's gonna help you in your gift of, del of delivery. Some things are gonna need to be confronted, but I believe the Holy Spirit is gonna help you today. But you're gonna ask questions. You're gonna have discernment that when God is speaking to you, why are you revealing this to me? What, did it, what is it that you want me to do with it? Does it match your Word? Am I hearing you correctly? Am I making this up? Or is this actually something that you've said? This gift of discernment. The Word is the measure. The Word is the standard. The Word is what helps us divide correctly between truth and lies. And church, I wanna just say this, that the gift of discernment, yes, there's a special gift of discernment, a gift of discernment that someone has to see whether there's an evil spirit at work or a good spirit at work. But there's the general gift of discernment that accompanies all the other gifts. Do you know how great it would be if you had discernment attached to your prophetic gift, to know how to deliver, when to deliver? Do you know how awesome it would be to have discernment attached to your healing gift? How awesome it would be to have discernment attached to your gift of great faith? I just believe right now that God is wanting to move across His church and give you the layered special ability of the gift of discernment today. So if you would like that, I'm gonna pray for you. Lift your hands towards heaven. Father, I just thank You. You're making it abundantly clear today 
Your Word has been spoken and there are things that have been ambiguous and confusing that are now becoming clear. Father, I thank You that Your church would see who they are because of whose they are. Lord, there would be this humility, this righteous humility under You where we would not cower away from sharing the truth, but that we would stand up in truth, that we would be girded by truth, guarded by truth, guided by truth. Lord God, I thank You that You are strapping that belt of truth around Your church today. Lord God, that the Word comes forth sharper from our lips than ever before, as it comes from a place of conviction, as it comes from a place of power. Lord, I thank You that You're opening eyes and You're opening ears to hear that which the Lord is saying, that which the Lord is speaking. Lord God, we are gonna be Your agents in the earth, mighty, effective and powerful. In Jesus' mighty Name. In Jesus' mighty Name. He's so good. Isn't He so good? You know, I I do just wanna not miss a moment though, because these two guys, these two men, Solomon and David, they had a relationship with truth. You are not going to be able to find truth outside of that relationship with God. God is truth. He is the constant. He created the heavens and the earth. He knit you, formed you together in your mother's womb. He he knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows how many days that you're gonna be on this earth. He designed you with a purpose and a plan. The God of heaven wants to have a relationship with you. And I know that there's some people here today and you've been wondering, how do I find my way to God? If I come to church, could I find my way to God? Well, you're almost there. But your way to God is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And the reason that you need to go through Jesus, you see, Jesus said of Himself, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. There are not many ways to God. There is one way to God. It is only through Jesus. And the reason that it is only through Jesus is because He is both God and He is both man. So He is the one that connects us into a relationship with God by being in relationship with Him. And so if you are here today with every eye closed for a second, I just wanna make sure that if you came in here today and you do not yet have a relationship with God, I wanna offer that to you. And so if you're here today and you're saying, that's me, I have never accepted Jesus into my heart I have, I don't, I, I need to because He is the way to God. Would you just lift your hand towards this? Just let, give me a wave, like give you, nobody's looking, but just wave at me so I can see who I'm praying for today because I want to be able to pray for you today. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that in this moment that you are connecting people to you, the spirit of truth that You are almighty and that You are all-powerful. Thank You that You brought them into the house for such a time as this. Reveal Yourself to them, I pray, in Jesus' mighty Name. Amen, amen. 
Hey, I hope you were blessed by that message. We release new content every single week here at Vive Church. And so if you don't wanna miss any of it, I would encourage you, go ahead and subscribe. Also visit our website, vivechurch.org to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the life of Vive Church. God bless you.